to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Good morning again. Welcome to Roswell Presbyterian Church. It's so good to be in worship with you on this Thanksgiving Day week. Thanks to everyone who came out this past Tuesday for our service of healing and wholeness. Ryan Jensen just offered a, a great message, a great word of healing uh, for folks in a time that really need it. I want you to know that we're next Sunday on the 26th, we're hosting an, uh, an installation service for Ryan Jensen, our new associate pastor for congregational care. It'll be at 11 up in the sanctuary. We're asking people to come and cheer him on. We have a guest preacher that day. Dan will be preaching the other three services. But it's a special time in the life of his ministry, but also of our own congregation, about someone who is being called to serve uh, this community. So we're really excited about that. Also, please remember RPC in your year-end giving. Uh, you know, we take in a majority of our revenue at the end of the year. So please remember, I, I, have to, I have to catch up myself, so I'm speaking as much to myself as I am to you. Although, I did turn in my 2024 commitment card, so I'm not a hypocrite about that anymore. So that we are also taking those in. Since it's the week of Thanksgiving, I thought it might be appropriate to offer a meditation on gratitude by using a story from the life of Jesus where he confronts some folks about the issue of giving thanks. So let us turn to Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. Let us listen for the word of the Lord. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. And keeping their distance, they called out saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Let us pray. Gracious God, I ask that you might be our teacher that you might shine a light on our lives and show us all of the things we have to be grateful for. Lord, that on this week of Thanksgiving, we might be a people who give thanks for most of all what you have done for us in your son, Jesus. Now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I read this story, are you surprised like I am that only one came back? Have you ever forgotten to go back to someone and say, thank you? Has ever someone showed you kindness and you forgot to offer gratitude? Are you the one in your life? Are you one that goes back or that simply moves on with your life? One came back. I'm from Spokane, Washington. 
That means if we're here, it's like way, way out here. And not too long ago, I was at home visiting my parents' house. And while there, my mom asked me to go through some files, a box with pictures and papers in it. She wanted me to decide what did I want to keep and what could we discard. And in the box, I found a letter that a principal from a neighboring high school wrote to me my senior year of high school. It reminded me of an event that happened my senior year of high school, an event that I've been trying to forget. During my senior year basketball season, I was what they called on contract. It's where you sign and promise not to drink or do drugs during the basketball season. If you did, they would suspend you from school and from the team. Well, before the Valentine's Day dance, I went to some fellow students and we went to a party. And I broke a contract. And word got out. How do I know that word got out? Well, I was invited to come down to the school administration offices to meet with my coach and principal. At the time, my team was ranked in the top 10 in state in basketball. So it was devastating to be suspended from school and for several games. It brought great embarrassment to me and my family. It made the front page of the sports page. It became a heated topic on sports talk radio in Spokane. <laughs> oh. When I was back on the team, we made it to the district championships. And I remember during warm-ups, we were playing Ferris High School and they had a very creative student body. And the entire student section was chanting at the top of their lungs a popular beer commercial slogan. Tastes great, less filling. Tastes great, less filling. It just went on and on. They'd somehow coordinated so the entire student body had dared to keep kids off drugs t-shirts on. It was humiliating. I thought it was the end of the world. That is until I received a letter from a principal at a neighboring high school. His name was Mr. Dunn. And in it, Mr. Dunn wrote something to me that I'll never forget. He says, Jeff, I know, I know you think this is the biggest deal right now. You think your life's destroyed. You think this is horrible. You may be thinking about giving up. And then he said something I'll never forget. He wrote, Jeff, tough times don't last, but tough people do. I always remember it. Jeff, tough times don't last, but tough people do. That was exactly the thing I needed to hear at that moment in my life, and I took some such great encouragement from it. Unfortunately, I never saw that principle again. I lost track of him. I don't know what happened to him. I never got the opportunity to say thank you to him. I never went back. I share this story often when I go to a high school or invited to speak places, in the hopes that in telling this story and sharing it around, one day it might make its way all the way back to Mr. Dunn. Oh, man. In our passage today, we see how hard, even when the most amazing miracle happens to someone, it's difficult to say thank you. Ten lepers approach Jesus. 
Now, leprosy in the ancient world was a skin ailment. It was a, leprosy refers to a bunch of different ailments on the skin where itch and be irritated. It was also very contagious. And so this meant that they put you outside the city. Kind of they were quarantining you outside the city. And this had the effect on a leper for two reasons. You were physically suffering, but you were also suffering socially. It had psychic pain to it, not just your body, but being separated from your friends, your family, your community. You're suffering. And yet here we read that Jesus approaches them, and they kind of keep their, their distance from him. And then Jesus says, go and show yourselves to the priests. Why does Jesus instruct these lepers to go to the priests? Well, the, the priests were more than just religious leaders. The priests also functioned, we could think of it as like the, the first century center of disease control. They were the ones responsible for people, whether they were clean or unclean. They were the ones that guarded the gates about who could come in and who had to be kept out. And so Jesus sends them to go to the priests. And as they went, the scripture says, they were made clean. Often the Bible does this. I mean, it's kind of frustrating, but I also kind of just marvel at it. It doesn't give you reasons and explanation for the miracle or go into the details. It says, they were made clean. There you go. That's it. You can take it for what it's worth or not. And these 10 lepers, they're running to the priests to get confirmation of their cleanliness, and one turns back, only one. And Jesus is surprised as we are. He says, we're not 10 made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Only one came back. It can be hard, a challenge to know and to recognize all that we have to be thankful for, all the gratitude we should feel. It's difficult sometimes to remember to go back. But to show gratitude is an important part of human life, of human existence. To show gratitude for the sources of our existence and progress through life it can be difficult. This is what one scholar calls democratic piety. Democratic piety. It's a democratic because there are so many people in our lives that we have to be thankful for that we don't even know that have led us to this place. Right, that we have to be thankful for. Thankful that the, the, the builders built this room in the way they did, that it, the ceiling stays up there, that they did a good job. We have so much to be thankful for that we take for granted. It's democratic, but it's also piety. Piety is this orientation in life of being reverent, feeling a sense of gratitude, thanksgiving. Let me tell you where I first encountered this concept, democratic piety. Ralph Waldo Emerson was an American intellectual who, who lived in the 19th century. When I was in high school and college, I read his famous essay, Self-Reliance. And it's kind of this classic American statement of American individualism. And I always thought that Emerson was all about being an individual. Who cares about other people, the community? Take care of yourself. Be self-reliant. So I was taking this religious ethics class at Princeton University. We had to read this book by a philosopher named Stanley Cavell called Conditions, Handsome and Unhandsome about Emerson. And if that title confuses you, just wait till you read the book. <laughs> and 
And I was very confused reading this book, so I go to the teacher, the professor's office hours. And I said, I do not understand this book. Emerson is so much about the individual. What about the community? What about gratitude and thanksgiving? I've gotten into this place. And then the professor, he, he was from New Jersey. He was kind of confrontational. And he says, oh, really, Jeff? You should read more closely, shouldn't you? And he jumps up and he grabs a book off his shelf. It's Emerson. And he reads this passage from Emerson's experience. Listen to this. He writes, when I receive a new gift, I do not macerate my body to make the account square. For if I should die, I could not make the account square. The benefit overran the merit the first day and has overran the merit ever since. The merit itself, so-called, I reckon part of the receiving. What is Emerson saying? He's trying to create out a space for a spiritually healthy recognition of one's dependence and gratitude. And he's saying, when he's given a gift, when he's given a gift, there's nothing he can do to pay it back with his life fully to make the account square. He just simply has to be thanks, give thanksgiving and gratitude and be thankful. And this is what it means to recognize the sources of our existence and progress through life. All of the people and factors that go into helping us live who have gotten us to this point, don't take it for granted. Don't be like the nine lepers. Be someone who goes back. Be thankful for our families and our mentors, our teachers and our, our coaches, our exemplars who model for us how to live. Be thankful for the sources of our existence and progress through life. This leper comes back and thanks Jesus for making him clean. And Jesus says, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Get up and go on your way and live well. Do you know that I think to live well, you have to be a person who knows and experiences and can share gratitude and thanksgiving. To be truly well, you have to know how to be thankful. There were nine lepers who were made physically well, but they still have some growth to be fully well, to learn to give thanks. Jesus said this, but it's been proven scientifically too. I found this article in Forbes magazine, and it summarized seven scientifically proven results of living a life of gratitude. Listen to this. Gratitude opens the door to more relationships. It improves physical health. It improves psychological health. Gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Gratitude and grateful people sleep better. Gratitude improves self-esteem. And for you students, this is an important one. Gratitude improves mental strength. That's gratitude. That's the benefits of being a grateful person. In a different article in Harvard Magazine, Harvard's Health Magazine, they also observed the, the benefits you get from being a grateful person, and they offered some practices that you can do to be a more grateful person. They said, write thank you notes. If you don't have time, Give someone a call and thank them over the phone. Thank someone mentally. Count your blessings. Set time aside each week to kind of take an accounting of how you've been blessed. If you're religious, it does say this. If you're, so this is for us. Pray and thank God. 
Set aside time to focus in on how you have been blessed in your life. This can transform your life. Have you ever been around somebody who's truly grateful for their life, who knows how to express thanks? One of the great people that I know, I worked with her for about 10 years, Andrea, and she was a person that was just remarkable, who knew how to give thanks. She grew up in inner city Miami. She was abandoned by her dad in an early age. Then after college, in her late 20s, early 30s, her mom died. And she still, though, gave thanks. She said, I'm thankful for the time I got to spend with her. Then she was diagnosed with breast cancer. All the time, even through this treatment, she was like, I'm thankful for the health I have had. And I'll be thankful if I'm healed. And she was eventually healed. She was such and is such a deeply thankful, grateful person that she gave me a Christmas present one year, and I wrote her a thank you note. She wrote me a thank you note for my thank you note. I mean, that's gratitude. And that was the kind of person she is. Gratitude can help you. It can change your life, help you live a more beneficial life. We must remember to be one who goes back. Now here's, here's an example of gratitude that might surprise you. Kanye West. Listen to this. In the late 90s, early 2000s, the notorious B.I.G., or Biggie, was one of the biggest rappers in the world. Biggie, as he was called, he mentored a young Jay-Z. You know, this is Mr. Beyonce Knowles. And Jay-Z would go on to worldwide success and fame. And Jay-Z eventually discovered Kanye West. And Kanye produced Jay-Z's legendary Blueprint album. Jay-Z once said, I'm Plato to Biggie Socrates. And if we follow the analogy, that would make Kanye West Aristotle. That joke just lands like about four people. <laughs> but those four are really impacted. <coughs> now, as Kanye gets more popular, he begins to observe. And tragically, the notorious B.I.G. Biggie is murdered. And he's murdered before Jay-Z can ever properly thank him for the mentorship of helping him grow up, raised, and it's with his career. And so Kanye is thinking about this when he comes out with his graduation record. He's thinking about Biggie's death, what he owes to Jay-Z, because he and Jay-Z eventually become kind of rivals. I mean, they produce songs together, but then they're also rivals with each other. And in one of the final songs on the record, it's called Big Brother. He's talking about Jay-Z, and he's talking about him as he's his big brother. And then he has this line at the end of the song that is just a great piece of wisdom. He says this, if you admire someone, you should go on ahead and tell them, because no one gets the flowers while they can still smell them. If you have someone you admire, if you have someone you're thankful for, don't wait. Go ahead and tell them. Because when the, the flowers are on the coffin, it's too late. Tell them now. Tell them while they can hear. Tell the people you're grateful for them that you're thankful for them. When you receive a life-changing note from a principal, make sure you tell them. 
Not long after my humiliation in high school, the same reporter from the Spokesman Review, I remember his name, Dan Weaver, he came to my high school and said, Jeff, I want to interview you for a story. And obviously I was hesitant at first. I could not take any more humiliation. But he assured me he would write a positive article. Jeff, it's going to be great. So the morning that we were leaving to go to the drive to Seattle for the Boys State Basketball Championships, the article came out. And the article, the title for it, became kind of like my motto in life. It said, Myers looking ahead. And if, I didn't know it at the time, but I became grateful for all those things that happened to me. Formed me into being who I am today. I'm grateful for all those, all those people and events who helped me be raised up, grow up, mature. And sharing my story is one of the ways that I express my gratitude, my thankfulness for the sources of my existence and progress through life. If you're healed like one of those lepers, don't be like the nine who take it for granted, who keep walking. Be a person of gratitude. Be the one who comes back. If you have someone you're grateful for, if you're thankful for, someone you admire, go ahead and tell them. Don't wait till it's too late. Don't send the flowers. It's too late. Let us be the people who come back. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for all that you have given us, Lord. Our sources of existence, our progress through life. Let us not take it for granted, Lord. Especially on this week of Thanksgiving. We have so much to be thankful for. So we thank you today. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.